Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, Build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Stacy. I'm a baker at heart and you're a savory cook to the core. I can't live without a box of frozen chicken nuggets and you're strictly DIY. I'm team hamburger. You love hot dogs, but we agree on a lot and nothing more enthusiastically than dessert. Dessert! I couldn't agree with you more. And we don't just believe in dessert for ourselves. We believe in dessert for everyone, which is why we love Enlightened Desserts by the makers of our favorite snack, Bada Bean Bada Boom. Enlightened offers low-sugar, feel-good desserts that anyone can enjoy no matter what their food choice is. From light ice creams and snackable cookie dough bites, yum, to low-carb, single-serve cheesecakes and dairy-free desserts. You probably know me well enough to know this already, but I cannot get enough of the Enlightened single-serve cheesecakes. And because they are low-carb, which is how I try to eat, I sometimes enjoy them as a lunch dessert without worrying about any kind of crash that will destroy my afternoon. You also know me well enough to know that all I care about are the flavors. <laughs> Enlightened's variety is huge and right up my alley. From cookies and cream to marshmallow peanut butter, chocolate chip cookie dough to caramel fudge pretzel. Bring it on. Woo! Feel good desserts for all. Delivered frozen straight to your door when you order from eatenlightened.com. Find out more about Enlightened and grab a link to their site from didn'tijustfeedyou.com. And don't forget to use the code DIJFY10 to get 10% off of your order and free shipping. We're burned out AF on cooking. And like, if your kids are having frozen chicken nuggets once a week, you're thriving, in my opinion. Like, you should not beat yourself up for that. But here's some ways that you can like serve your kids chicken nuggets but then also have something that's like a little bit exciting to eat whether it's like a taco with a sauce or it's turning it into mini sandwiches with like a bag of coleslaw welcome to didn't i just feed you a podcast about feeding kids hi i'm megan and i'm stacy Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening this very moment. And if you have a minute, why don't you give us a rating or a review? That would make us so happy. But only if it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 
<laughs> Even the bad ones give us something to talk about. So it's true. We'll take, them out. we'll take any of them. I feel a little snarky this morning because we even started off this idea for this recording as being like, how can I never, ever cook again? Yes. <laughs> And you guys, if we had the answers to that, believe me, it would be an episode ASAP. Uh, yeah. It would probably be a product that we would sell and we would make <laughs> millions off of right now. We're Come all on. very tired. Uh, we're very we're tired. All very over it, over it. So we thought it would be fun to talk about a handful of our favorite freezer shortcuts, plus share how we use them, which hopefully gives you some ideas for feeding your family that are less cooking extensive. We also have a whole freezer, like what we keep stocked in our freezer episode. If you ever need freezer ideas, you're, whether you're like stocking up or you have a new garage freezer and you want to know what to put in it, go check that out. We'll put it in the show notes. That was comprehensive. In this episode, we're just going to like zoom in on like five or six things that we think are really important to having your freezer. And then it's literally just a brainstorm. All right, here's the ingredient. Let's go. Like, what are all the dinner ideas that you can do really quickly using this ingredient as your base? Okay. I just want to mention one thing that I'm currently having like an obsession with, and I think it relates to dumplings slash tortellini, which is, you know, those little Dora cubes of already minced garlic and ginger. I buy them at Trader Joe's. I'm sure you can get them other places. Yes. Kelsey Nixon mentioned them, that she was obsessed with them. Okay, I did not buy them very frequently before, and now I feel like I cannot keep them stocked in our freezer. It's such a time saver, sanity saver for me right now that I don't I don't even care. Like, I'll buy six of them on my next Trader Joe's run. That's <laughs> so awesome. I never run out. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look out for them because now you and Kelsey Nixon both have mentioned loving them. And she was saying that she doesn't like pre-peeled garlic and a lot of the other frozen garlics, but that was the one that she was really into. Yeah, it's definitely, there's a small quality flavor difference that you get. Like, it's not as pungent garlic and ginger, but it's definitely worth it for the time savings. Awesome. Okay, so dumplings and tortellini is where we're going to start. And people might think that that's a funny pairing, but we kind of use them in a lot of similar and overlapping ways, right? Right. It's like, it's dough wrapped around something that I don't want to spoil our ideas, but like is good plain, is good with sauce, is good in soups, right? You can get them vegetarian. You can get them not vegetarian. So we'll talk about how they are, like how our applications are a little bit different, but let's just start brainstorming. Okay. First, I want to know what dumplings do you typically buy? I have a really amazing Asian food market not too far from me. So I honestly cannot even tell you the brand because I don't understand anything on the package. But like, do you buy pork? Do you buy chicken? Oh, do yeah. you buy pork veggie? And chive. Usually pork and chives, sometimes chicken, but chicken is often chicken and mushroom. And my kids don't like that like strong umami flavor. Yeah. Every once in a while I buy vegetarian and then the boys sniff it out and I'm like, where's the pork? So <laughs> I mostly don't waste my money and just buy pork and chive all the time. I also get the pork ones. Typically, I buy them at Trader Joe's. My kids love them. I've, again, tried the other flavors, and they're like, no, mom, it's not the same. (laughs) And tortellini, it can only be like three cheese filling. No cheese and spinach. You cannot do that. It's not allowed. (laughs) No cheese and chicken. No sun-dried tomato. Nothing interesting or exciting. But that means they're also kind of a perfect base for anything. Okay, so it's funny because, you know, there are three cheese and then they're just like the plain ones that some brands just, it's like basically like ricotta or ricotta mozzarella. I get scared to buy the three cheese ones because Oliver, who quote unquote doesn't like cheese, but then eats pepper jack and mozzarella Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. You get the picture. We're on to him. We're on to him. But he really doesn't like Parmesan and he thinks it smells and he has a very sensitive nose. And some of the three cheese (laughs) tortellini have a stronger like parm smell to them and then he won't eat that. So yeah. So basically the subtext of this entire episode is kids are annoying and we're done cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we probably eat tortellini once a week. We most often 
have it as tortellini. You mean like with sauce? Yeah, with sauce. But I think it's really interesting to know that you can like pour pour them in a casserole dish, pour sauce over them, put a layer of cheese if you're into that on top of them. Sorry, Oliver. And then stick them in the oven so it can be like a truly hands-off dinner. And also we eat them a lot as soup. Like I'll have homemade chicken broth from the freezer, defrost that, and like really not do a lot more than add a couple cubes of the garlic, maybe a handful of Parmesan and like some frozen spinach and the tortellini. And that's our dinner. That's awesome. And I also now you made me think of ravioli, which is also like dumpling, like tortellini and sometimes comes frozen as well. And when you talk about just putting the tortellini in a baking pan with sauce and cheese, if you use ravioli and you kind of lay it out, you get cheater's lasagna. Yes, we love that. Lazy lasagna because we never want to cook again. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Especially when someone throws out your homemade lasagna by accident. Oh my gosh. Story for the listener group. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you can't not bring it up. Listen, guys, I was, I was spited by my husband, but it was by accident in all fairness to him. But I spent a long time making a lasagna and we ended up having to throw it out and I was full of rage. So moving along. (laughs) (laughs) Moving along. How do you, okay, dumplings and soup? So my kids love dumplings and they like, you know, when you just like quickly pan fry it so one side gets crispy and then you put in like a quarter cup of water, just enough and quickly cover it so that they steam cook through the rest of the way. And my kids could eat that every day forever, and that's all they really need. But they also go great in soup. And I just want to make an argument for thinking beyond broth, chicken broth, vegetable broth, but like a coconut milk broth or like adding turmeric to your broth or I don't know, switch it up. It doesn't just have to be like a clear chicken broth. Yeah, I'm grateful for that reminder because that's how we most often do it. We either do pot sticker style and then I'll throw like a bag of frozen veggies in the pan afterwards. I'm trying not to say like Asian veggies, but that's what they're sometimes labeled, you know, like matchsticks of carrots and peppers and stuff. And we'll eat that as like a stir fry, like the dumplings take the place of the protein and the rice too. And then we also often do a soup similar to that where it's like, the frozen dumplings, warm broth, and then a bag of vegetables from the freezer. And we totally. could gobble that up. I'm glad that you brought up stir fry because that's one of my ideas too. And I do think that as a general rule of thumb, thinking about some of your favorite like quick Asian style home cooking, like quick stir fried noodles, vegetable protein stir fries, Thinking about the dumpling as taking the place of the protein is a really good rule of thumb. And then it can also replace the carb too if you want it to. So like you can skip the rice. But also using it like instead of chicken and pad thai. Mm. So dumplings with noodles and little tofu bits and yumminess, bean sprouts, if your kids will eat those. That's really yummy. Using them instead of protein in a salad. Using, you know, the same way you've seen tortellini in a cold pasta salad with like a nice like Italian style vinaigrette, you can use dumplings that have cooled and rested in a salad and use like an Asian style vinaigrette. That's where that ginger and garlic would come in great, that frozen ginger and garlic. Yes. I'm also so glad you said pasta salads, dumpling salads, because I think that that's such an easy thing to throw together and also another way to get more veggies in. Yes, that's what I was just going to say, too. Like, that is a great way to use veggies and a vinaigrette you can make ahead of time. So it's really just cooking the tortellini or the dumpling and then tossing everything together, like, at the last minute. I'm just going to also, it's surprising coming from me instead of from you, but throw out there that you can grill dumplings, too. I have never done that. But you saying that makes me think, well, if you could grill them, could you also like sheet pan gnocchi them? Like get a sheet pan warm, throw them in there and like roast steam them? That's a big question mark for me. And now I need to try it. I need Even to though try I said I'm never cooking again. And you know that I, <laughs> over the Christmas break, I bought a bag, a big bag of ravioli because I was going to test sheet pan ravioli. Mm. Just like tossing it with a little olive oil and putting yeah. it in a sheet pan based off of the gnocchi idea. 
And I don't know, like someone had broken into the ravioli for lunch and like boiled half of the package and then it wasn't enough for dinner and whatever. I'm curious if it would get crispy because I love like a fried ravioli where it's kind of like crispy and then chewy. And so now I want to know if tortellini or dumplings would give the same effect because that could be really yum. What about air frying? Oh, for sure. I don't have an air fryer still, so I don't know. Let's let's try it out. I feel like if you're going to air fry dumplings or tortellini, then you should just go full on fried frozen fruit fest. Yes! (laughs) it's still one of my favorite things I did in 2020 and I think we sh- we should do more of it because it's like fun food joy speaking of frozen food fest tater tots and hash browns are two things that are always in my freezer and I actually think that they're like a freezer staple that you can use in a lot of ways I feel like I'm trying to convince you like that you won't <laughs> agree but <laughs> Do you keep frozen potatoes on hand, Cece? I don't. You know, we're not really big potato people, but I was brainstorming for this episode and now I'm totally going to buy a bag of hash browns. Okay. But also, let's just throw out ideas for frozen potatoes in general because you can get like the hash browns, like the shredded is what I'm thinking, but you can also get diced. Yeah. Or like potatoes O'Brien where it's like peppers and onions with the diced hash brown potatoes. Yes, totally. Yeah. Actually, which brings me to one of my ideas. Any idea you have for the diced potatoes, try using the hash browns for it as well and vice versa. Because I was thinking there's an Indian version of that. It's not actually a version of that, but it's very similar. It's like diced potatoes and curry leaves and cumin seed and red peppers. I don't know what it's called, but it's delicious. And I was like, oh, it'd be awesome to make that using hash browns. That sounds amazing. I want to eat that right now with a fried egg on top. Yes. Yes. Oh, and fried egg on top. That's the other idea, right? I mean, that could be the whole like hash browns, tater tots, whatever it is. Just put it, just put an egg on it. And it can be dinner. 100%. (laughs) So I will say, because we're potato loving, we also sometimes buy the patties, the hash brown patties, and use those, like, cook the patty and then do, like, avocado mash on top and salsa and a fried egg. And it's sort of like an open face egg sandwich. Yes. Um, That's, like, a great breakfast for dinner option. I have a recipe on Kitchen, actually, that we should share that's like a shortcut creamy potato soup. And you actually use those shredded frozen hash browns to make the soup. So, like, it's not just breakfast food. It is a meal that helps you actually, like, jump from peeling and and dicing potatoes to, like, a finished soup in half the time. Awesome. It's really good. And then you just do, like, crispy bacon and some cheese on top. And it's, like, the most nourishing bowl of soup comfort food. I want to try that because you've mentioned it a few times. And also recently, the New York Times published a recipe by Melissa Clark. And I think it's like a jalapeno potato soup, like some creamy potato deliciousness that I also have on my to make list. Okay. Can you link us in the show notes? Because I want to make that too. Yes. Frozen shredded hash browns we also use as a base for breakfast bowls. So we'll kind of like cook them per the um, directions, either in the oven or in a cast iron skillet on the stove with a little bit of oil, sort of like Waffle House diner style hash browns. And then we'll use them as a base for either breakfast bowl where we're doing like scrambled eggs and sausage on top. Or you could honestly like go back and listen to our bowl foods episode and use any of those ideas. So you could put like meatballs, which I know we're going to talk about when we're talking about frozen shortcuts, on top. Or you could put like shrimp on like any place that you would use pasta or rice or couscous, you could totally use shredded cooked hash browns. I love that. And I also, I for whatever bizarre reason, I wish I could like dig into my brain and figure out why. I associate hash browns also with sausage and peppers. Yeah. So like sauteing Italian sweet or hot or combo Italian sausage with red peppers and red onion and, you know, topping the hash browns with that sounds delicious too. Okay, not to jump from hash browns to tots, but you saying that makes me wonder if you could do, you know how you do like sheet pan sausage a lot for your family? If you could do that and just like throw tater tots on the sheet tray at the same time. And then that opens up like a whole world of possibility of sheet pan meals. Like you can do the tater tots and sausage and cabbage or tater tots and sausage and peppers and onions. And it's like a one- pan one and done meal and you can literally just 
like scoop it all into a bowl and put some like delicious hot sauce for yourself on top. That would be so good. Yes. Speaking of sheet pans and tater tots, our guest, Dan Whalen, talked to us about tachos. 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 Tachos is a really hard word to say, but it is a delicious family meal. It's nachos with tater tots as the base and we like to do that for breakfast lunch and dinner and let's pause here for a second because we have a whole episode on how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner but i'm gonna be real with you that sometimes doing nachos the like quote unquote right way which you know we get into a whole debate about like cheese sauce versus not cheese sauce listen when we're saying in this context where, remember, guys, the, the, the episode here is really about we never want to cook again. We're literally talking about tots on a sheet pan, cook them all the way through the last five minutes, throw a bag of sh- pre-shredded cheese on top, let the sheet pan cool, put that out on the counter, and literally here's like, here's the leftover chicken, here's some jarred salsa. Here is some diced onion because yeah. an onion is all I can manage to chop right now. And that's delish. And honestly, you could do like the pre-cooked sausage crumbles when you throw the cheese yes. on too. Or that chicken. Like really make it as easy as you can make it right now. Totally. I want to talk about fritters. Because, yeah. right? Shredded potato is a great like fritter base. You can literally just add onions Or you can, like, grate a zucchini or two and, like, toss it with that and then make fritters. I mean, there's a million ways you can go, but, like, half of the work is done when you start with hash browns. Right. And you could fold in leftovers, like, if you have roasted sweet potatoes left over or you have sausage and peppers left over from a sheet pan meal, you could totally incorporate those. And also cheese. I'm happy to have cheese in any (laughs) kind of fritter forever and ever. Amen. And it's also great because it can stretch leftovers or like whatever tidbits you have at the end. You know, like when you meal plan and you're like, oh, we don't want that. You change it up, this and that. And then you end up with like two random things that were going to be part of a meal, but now aren't. Throw them into a fritter with those frozen hash browns. Speaking of using up bits and bobs, we I love both hash browns and tater tots for topping casseroles, which are like another great place to use up all those rando leftovers. Whether like pot pie with hash browns on top. Yes, please. OK, can we talk people through how to make a very quick pot pie? Because you can't just throw the ingredients in a baking pan. No, you can't. It is a little bit of sauce making, actually. Right. Yes. So. Melt a little butter in a large skillet. I use my cast iron skillet the most. Melt some butter and then throw whatever like veggies, cooked proteins that you're going to use in the butter. Get them warmed up. Sprinkle the whole pan with a couple tablespoons of flour. This will thicken your casserole sort of like sauce. And then when like you want to cook that flour for a little bit. You want it to smell a little bit nutty. I want you to pause here because... People get scared that once the flour, like it's going to start sticking and clumping and sticking to the pan. Don't worry. Like just keep moving it around. Keep moving it around because we're going to add some liquid that'll bring it all together. You really want that flour to start to, like Megan said, smell a little nutty and start turning golden brown. Yes, because essentially you're making a roux, but you're se- you've separated the parts of making the roux. The yeah. butter's going in before the other ingredients, and the flour's going onto the other ingredients. And so, yeah, there is going to be some sticking. You might even have a little bit of the flour and butter mixture like stick to the bottom of the pan, but don't stress about that because the minute you add your liquid, which I would use broth or like a combination of broth and milk. Yes, I was going to say cream. Right. <laughs> Once you add that, it's going to loosen all that cooked on business, both from the bottom of the pan and from the individual pieces of like chicken and veggies. And so like, don't stress about any sticking that happens in making the roux. So you add the liquids in and you want to cook them for a little bit on the stovetop before you add them to the casserole dish and then put your hash browns or your tater tots on top because you want to get the starches in the flour to start thickening the sauce before they go in the oven. And that's it, guys. That's like, it. I, I was going to say. Oh, it's not you it. Can't, we talked about this. Where did we talk about it? In a sauce episode, you can thin a thick sauce, but you can't thick a thin sauce. Yes. So 
err on the side of like adding too little liquid and let your gravy for your casserole be kind of thick and then you can adjust it. But once it goes in the casserole dish, you can't. So like you want to make sure it's like thick how you want it before you start baking it. And I just wanted to go through that because I know we're tired of cooking, but if you have energy to do like, you know, to saute, then you have energy to do this because it really can happen in one pan. And I think people think of casseroles, they think of a white sauce. They're like, oh, a roux. And is that hard? Like, no, we just walked you through it. Yes. And you're right. You don't have to move it to a casserole dish, especially if you start in a cast iron. You can just put the the topping on and put the whole thing in the oven. That's it, baby. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay, other hash brown ideas before I throw a wild card in here? Oh, no. Okay, so I was just going to say, thinking about creative ways to pair hash browns with eggs. So we said top it with a fried egg, but also you can just like use the hash browns to line a muffin tin and like either crack an egg in there or whisk eggs with, again, bits and bobs and then pour them in and have like another little you know, breakfast for dinner extravaganza. I was going to talk about foil packet meals too. It's a little bit like bowl meals, like thinking about the potatoes as a base instead of, you know. Yeah. Why have we not done a whole episode on foil packet (gasps) meals? I don't know. (laughs) Actually. Maybe that's what we record next. Okay. Because honestly, like you could make a foil packet meal out of tortellini and dumplings too. It's true. Like a lot of these things you could... Throw in a packet with a little bit of broth, some frozen veggies, and stick them in the oven, and dinner's done. Done. Do you hear that, people? It's that easy. (laughs) Okay, what's your curveball? I just think spinach is, like, maybe unexpected. We both – we talked a little bit in the the Magic Meals episode about, like – how both of us approach frozen vegetables and I'm more inclined to keep like frozen broccoli on hand and but I know that you keep frozen spinach on hand. I feel like I don't know how to use frozen broccoli in a way where it is a consistency that I like. It just gets watery. I don't know why that's making me laugh so much but it is. silly. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems just as easy and the funny thing is I will keep frozen spinach But actually, fresh spinach has been made so easy at this point because it's always washed. It's baby spinach. It's not the big leaves, so you don't have to chop. It cooks in two seconds. But you do get a different consistency. And I will say this, that my kids don't like fresh spinach cooked down. Yeah. They like raw spinach. It has more like tannins to it almost. That kind of like mouthfeel. Yeah. But then they do, but they'll eat cooked spinach if it's started from frozen. Because it's almost like it's broken down more. <laughs> it 100% is broken down more. It's right? more like mush. So <laughs> I know that sounds unappealing, but there are actually some applications for this that work really, really well. Like spinach dip? Like spinach dip. Like any like quickie variation of spanakopita where you want the spinach to almost be blended practically, you know, yeah. with like big bits and little bits of feta cheese. Wait, walk us through what that, like a spanakopita casserole sort of dish or like quick weeknight version would look like for you. Because I put it on my list and then I was like, oh, Stacey's going to give me, she's going to send me hate mail. So. No, no, no. I just, I've never really made a quick version, but I think it's kind of like the casserole thing where in a pan you would take thawed spinach. I'd always start with olive oil, onion, and scallion is an onion that people don't realize Greeks use a ton of. Mm-hmm. And it kind of disappears. So you may not know that it's there, but I would saute that. I'd put in the thawed spinach and then I'd put in a like a lot of fresh dill. You can use dried dill as well. Crumbled feta cheese. And then here's something that I do that actually is not traditional, but I think it gets you to the right texture more quickly. Cottage cheese. Mm. Add some cottage cheese. And it gives you like, first of all, I think curd size variation is important in spinach pie where it's everything from like creamy to tiny, like, you know, cottage cheese style curds to you want a couple of big hunks of feta. And feta doesn't just melt. It kind of keeps its shape. You got to kind of work it to get it smooth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So I would do feta and cottage cheese. And then you could top it with, you know, frozen phyllo dough or puff pastry is probably a little bit easier to deal with on a weeknight. 
Or what about just popping it in the oven and letting it bake and using just pita chips? I mean, that sounds delicious. And it goes back to the like spinach dip and dips can be dips can be dinner. Especially when they're mostly spinach. Yes. Right? Yes. I most often buy frozen spinach for smoothies, if I'm being honest. Or like I buy a carton of baby spinach and then I pop it in the freezer. Like I don't do anything to it and I pop it in the freezer. So then I can like take a handful and crumble it and put it into smoothies. And so this is just my like quarterly reminder to everyone that you can serve smoothies for dinner. It's almost like we're not coming up with these like, you know, is there any new idea like completely groundbreaking? Not particularly, but sometimes you just need a reminder. That dinner doesn't have to be a meat and a starch and a vegetable and like this three course meal. Like smoothies work, breakfast for dinner works, dips work, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I've been, not to get us too far off of spinach, but I've been really thinking a lot about how like pre pandemic times, there just would have been nights where my husband wasn't home for dinner. And so, like, we would have cereal, like, me and the kids would have cereal for dinner. And they thought that was like a real treat and it gave me a break. Or, you know, nights where they would have, we would eat at different times because someone would have Girl Scouts and someone else would have soccer. And so it was more of the, it was less cooking and more like just pulling stuff out of the fridge. And like, I think that really contributes a lot to our burnout as cooks is like, there aren't those breaks, even though they probably felt like hard when we were going through them, like, oh, I have to figure out feeding everyone at different times tonight. They offered a variety that we're just not getting anymore. Totally. I think that's really smart. So this is partly a reminder of that. Yes. Snacks for dinner, snacks for president. Yes. Um, (laughs) I want to talk about spinach one more thing or maybe a couple more things. Yeah. I've got a couple more things too. Okay. I was going to say, staying on the Greek tip, I've been making something that I forgot about that my grandmother used to make all the time. It's a real comfort food to me. It's called uh, spanikorizo, which is spinach and rice, basically, mm. where, again, you start with olive oil, onion, scallion, cook down. If you have fresh spinach, fine. I also really like the texture of it when it's made with thawed frozen spinach. You do want to squeeze it out, though, because there's a lot of when you thaw spinach, it retains so much water that it can either it takes a while to cook off or it will water down your like the flavor. Mm-hmm. So squeeze it and throw it in there and then throw like a cup and a half of rice and some water. Let that all cook together. And the the rice and the spinach are all mingled and cooked together and then finish with lemon juice. And it's really, really delicious. Does it have does it end up having like a sort of a risotto texture or is it more like no, because it's more it's nice. Like you're only adding like a a cup, a cup and a half of rice. It's more like spinach with like rice cooked in it, Mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And my kids think it tastes that my kids really love stuffed grape leaves. And and that's what it reminds them. Yeah. They're like, this is like deconstructed grape leaves, like vegetarian stuffed grape leaves, because it has that like nice olive oil, onion, lemon flavor with some rice and some greens. Yes. That sounds so yummy. I want you to share that recipe with us. Yeah, I actually should. I've been making it a lot lately. I've been, I've been on a Greek food kick, but switching gears because that Greek style rice reminds me of an Indian spiced spinach that I make with frozen spinach as well, because Indian food will have you know, like a spinach puree is like the base of dinner. Yes. I'm thinking of like sag paneer where you're like taking paneer cheese and making, you make like a tomato and spinach sauce for it essentially. Yeah. That's so yum. So yum. So I just, again, like onion, garlic, ginger, add that spinach, spice it up however you want. And then I even pulse it in the blender a little bit. And you can add cubes of like fresh farmer's cheese if you want to do the like sag paneer thing. Sometimes I just put frozen shrimp on top and serve the whole thing over rice. Those are such great ideas. Speaking of rice, risotto is like one of my Mm -hmm. go-to meals. I can't believe we haven't had a whole rice episode yet either. It's in the works. I know. We're doing like a novel fun thing with that episode. So it's going to take a little while, but I'm very excited for it. 
And we recently shared a basic risotto recipe. Yes. So that's one of like the easiest ways I can get spinach, like use up spinach. And I recently cross-tested a recipe for kitchen. I'm so sorry, you guys. You're not going to be able to get it by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) But like an orzotto. So you're using um, orzo pasta instead. And it used like a whole entire thing of spinach. And it had artichokes in it. And so it was like sort of like spinach and artichoke dip, but as like a weeknight pasta dish um, from Sheila Prakash, who's been a guest on the show. And it's so good. But like you could take that idea, the idea of like rice or pasta and spinach and use it a hundred different ways. So good. And then lastly, I know this is not as exciting as like your spinach and rice or even sag paneer, but throw throw frozen spinach into a frittata. Throw frozen hash browns and frozen spinach into a frittata. Put like 10 eggs on top of it. Put it in the oven. Dinner's done. It's like a veggie and starch all in one. Yeah. And how about this? Don't even whisk the eggs because that makes a whole bowl dirty. And who wants that? You know, saute the spinach in half browns with maybe some onion if you want. Hey, there's even frozen chopped onion. And then just crack the 10 eggs on top and pop that in the oven and cook it shakshuka style where I'm you're so basically. I'm so glad you said shakshuka because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't mention that. Yeah, right? And like you just, it's like having a fried egg on top, but your oven has done all the work for you and you don't have any like butter splatter on your stove. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're doing all the thinking to keep us from dirtying dishes. I really yeah, do. dude, I'm done. Although I don't really cook, the, I don't <laughs> clean the dishes. Yeah, isn't that a funny thing? Like, I don't really clean the dishes either, but I want to try to make it easier for everyone else. I agree. Because we're all over it. We Everyone's are. over their dinner duties. Our partners are over the dinner duties too. And our kids are overeating with us. If you have older kids, I can attest to that. Ella literally was like, can I please go eat my dinner no. in my room tonight? <laughs> like oh okay well and that's weird Isaac basically had disdain for every single word that the rest of the three of us uttered at dinner the other night and I was like wow this kid is so done being here with us like we were making jokes and he's like that's not funny I was like wow okay but also a lot of parents are going through this on their own and they cook and they clean so we got to be on it to make this as easy as possible Okay, can we talk about frozen proteins? Yeah. We're going to talk about meatballs, chicken nuggets, and shrimp. But I just wanted to say, I recently learned this trick where you take tofu, instead of pressing tofu, you freeze it, like, overnight, and then thaw it, and it makes the texture more like it was pressed without really doing any work. I've read about that but never tried it. I, we've been on a tofu jag recently. I know that's not free, necessarily freezer adjacent, but it just made me think of it. Yeah, it makes the texture, like even with extra firm tofu, it makes the texture, mm, I don't want to say it's more like chicken, but it's kind of like, che- has just a better like chewy mouthfeel to nice. it nice. rather than smooth. And we especially like that when we're doing something like I recently did Bon Appetit's maple miso tofu, and there was like a lot of sauce involved, and otherwise it would have been kind of soggy, but it was really nice because it had been frozen. Was before. that a good recipe? Um, I would give it a three stars out of five. No, that's good. That's what we need to share. <laughs> Is it? Okay, okay. I just love when tofu's crispy. Maybe Me I just too. want all tofu to basically be chicken I- nuggets. Also, by the way, you want everything to be crispy. Your favorite thing that you did last year was a fry platter. Embrace your crispy. I'm so burnt out. I am so crispy done at this point. Yes. So can we crisp meatballs? Yes. Remember we had David Tamarkin on talking about leftovers and it was maybe before or right after we did our meatballs episode and he was like this the secret is to take your meatballs this is a it's a little harder with frozen meatballs unless you thaw them first but like you tear them up and then you saute them in a little bit of olive oil in a hot pan and they get really crispy i'm trying to think of what what is the meat that i'm thinking of that it's like it's on a spindle. Oh, my like gosh, Stacey. Like gyro meat or yes, like gyro, meat. gyro people yes. call it gyro meat. Or, yeah, like shawarma. Shawarma, thank you, is what I was actually looking for. It has that texture where it's like a little bit crispy, but then it's tender underneath. Mm, yum. I love yes. that. Okay. So talking about yudos and talking about shawarmas, meatballs, frozen meatballs. 
you can put them in a sandwich. Yes, you can do that. Recently, we did like barbecue sauce on frozen meatballs instead of tomato sauce. And that was really fun. Cheddar cheese. But then you can also go like traditional meatball sub and just do a jar of pasta sauce and some mozzarella and like hot dog buns. I like barbecue too, by the way. I think that's a really fun one. Wraps. Yes. Did we? I think it's a kitchen recipe. We did almost like a gyro. I've never, now I'm going to yeah. feel like I'm saying well, it. No, incorrectly. everybody else gyro. says gyro, but it's Greek, so I can't not so you say, say gyro. Yeah, that's gyro. the Greek word, though. I bet you it's pretty obnoxious to say gyro. Whatever. I'm going to say it. We did Great. like a gyro style pita sandwich where we took Yum. frozen meatballs, sliced them, and sauteed them. And then there was like a Greek yogurt sauce and a little tomato and cucumber salad. I mean, honestly, you don't even need a recipe for that. That's what it That's is. That's it. Yum. Yeah. I love that. Again, this reminds me of dumplings. Yeah. It's just like it can go in a salad. It can go in a stir fry. Definitely in soup. And I love meatballs in soup because you can also like throw in beans. You can throw in leftover pasta or rice and it's all beautiful and works together really well. Speaking of soup really quickly, can I add, again, this is not a freezer shortcut, but I'm just thinking about you guys. If you're doing the tortellini soup where you're like cooking tortellini and you want meatballs, but you don't have meatballs on hand. Recently, I just like took bulk sausage, you know, the kind that's not in the casing and use like a small spoon to make mini meatballs, like the shape of meatballs, but it was clearly just sausage for like a meatball (laughs) and tortellini style soup. I thought that was really smart. And I just wanted to share. (laughs) You are really smart. That was really good. And is it still that like, didn't you buy a humongous like way more than you oh needed thing of no. sausage. Luckily, we got through that in like okay. three months. When we were like first in quarantine, like back in March of last year, I did a grocery delivery from like a food service store yes. rather than like a regular grocery yes. store because the time there were more times available. And I thought it was going to be like a thawed thing of sausage. Like it was literally like a six pound log of sausage it was so big hilarious and i thought it was going to come like raw and then i would be able to portion it and freeze it but it was already frozen so instead i like kept it in my freezer and like once or twice a week we were just taking us the biggest serrated knife we had in the kitchen and just like sawing off it's hilarious pieces of sausage don't do that instead stock up on meatballs much easier to portion Okay, do we have other meatball ideas? You said in soups. Did we say in stir fries? I don't remember, but I we should. Yeah. So you same thing. You can cut them or tear them up and saute them, stir fry them as you would any other protein. Add veggies and serve it over rice. Also, sometimes we just do like the meatballs and barbecue sauce over rice or over polenta, like as a bowl, a dinner bowl almost. When you're doing a stir fry, are you thawing the meatballs like the night before? I think it just kind of depends. I've done in both ways. Like you can throw the whole frozen ones in the saute too. They just take a little bit longer and they get more crispy on the outside. Yeah. If I've had the forethought to thaw them, then yeah, it's a little bit better texture and it cooks faster. I was also thinking you could maybe put them in the instant pot just to cook them through, like thaw and cook them through. And yeah, then honestly, the microwave, like you can yeah, microwave cook them and then go. improve their texture and flavor yes. in the skillet. Yeah, 100%. Because just since we're talking about going from freezer to dinner, I just want to like help people be clear on that. I'm really glad you're here because I only have smart ass tips that are actually not really helpful. <laughs> they are so helpful. Okay, chicken nuggets. I know that you don't really keep chicken nuggets on hand, but oftentimes lately I will cook chicken nuggets for the kids and open a bag of salad and have like my own little chicken salad at home. So, okay. I think this is really interesting because I don't use chicken nuggets, but first of all, you can get them in all different shapes and sizes, right? Right. So you have quick Parmesan. You have quick chicken nugget sandwiches. Yes. Okay. So, okay, let's talk about some sauces. Because is that really, because you can do chicken nugget tacos the same way we've talked about in our seafood episode. We talked about fish stick tacos. You can use chicken nuggets as tacos. Yes. So, like, what's the thing here? Is it about the salad, the what's the thing here? Is it about the sauces? I think it's like a twofold thing. It's like, hey... 
we're really we're burned out af on cooking and like if your kids are having frozen chicken nuggets once a week you're thriving in my opinion like you should not beat yourself up for that but here are some ways that you can like serve your kids chicken nuggets but then also have something that's like a little bit exciting to eat whether it's like a taco with a sauce or it's turning it into mini sandwiches with like a bag of coleslaw and some hawaiian rolls but yeah i do think that there's always the opportunity to like have frozen chicken nuggets or chicken tenders or whatever it is that you like to buy chicken frozen chicken cutlets and also make them more exciting. Okay, so we have like for any kind of Parmesan, whether it's over pasta or just as itself or in a sandwich, we're talking like a good jarred marinara. Yes. For any kind of Southern style, we could just do like hot honey. What else? Also, you can take hot honey and add it to like mayo and make like a creamy hot honey dressing, which is really good for those kind of sliders. Or a hot honey mustard, like maybe Dijon and hot honey. Yes. I'm really embarrassed to share this, but I'm going to anyways. One of my favorite sauces for tacos is literally Greek yogurt or if you're Stacy, sour cream. Lime juice, like from a bottle, not any fresh squeeze business at all. And a little bit of the sauce from a jar of Chipotle's and adobo. Yes, that is not embarrassing. That's great. You know what one of mine is? Because my kids love green sauce. I don't really love many jarred salsas at all. But there's a brand, Herdez or Herdez, H-E-R-D-E-Z. They make a really delicious salsa verde. That I literally just mix with sour cream. <laughs> yes. It's like the best dip for a party. It's so easy. And that's also great. So we're talking about quick slaws. We're talking about like, you know, those chipotle andobos, your favorite salsa, sour cream, mixing that up. If you want to go with Middle Eastern flavors, we can do tzatziki. You can do like hummus. You can mix tahini with some of that frozen garlic and lemon juice. Sriracha and yogurt are delicious. Also, sometimes just ketchup that is flavored, like a little ketchup and hot sauce or a little ketchup and mayo. So you get like a creamy ketchup texture. Yeah, I don't think you have to like overthink it too much. I was going to also say butter and uh, red hot is always delicious. Okay, that's kind of really fun. Like you could basically make chicken nugget buffalo wings and serve like blue cheese and celery. Delicious. That would be such a win. (laughs) I know. That would be such a win for Brian. Like, that's one of his favorite meals. Yeah. And that also works in a sandwich. It works in a wrap. It works on a salad. Yeah. All right. Chicken nuggets. I'm going to get on it. Okay. I might hold you to it. Are we going to get get you on Instagram and be like, yeah, show us the nugs, Bellis? Because I was just (laughs) thinking about it as show us the nugs. You might get something else. Sorry, you get. (laughs) Depends how crazy I feel that day. Um, I guess I was just thinking about like chicken nuggets as like that shortcut dinner. Like put in a sheet pan here, kids, with, you know. Yeah, sure. But if you take 10 extra minutes, you can also make something that's, you have chicken nuggets, but like on top of a slaw that has a homemade dressing on it. That's delicious. Yeah. Or like even just like great bread and butter pickles and red hot and... A Hawaiian roll? Yeah. Yes, that's delicious. All right. Okay, we should talk about shrimp real quick because we're on this mission to get you guys to eat more seafood, question mark, or (laughs) you guys ask for ideas. But I think a lot of our same ideas apply here. Like we love shrimp. We talked about it a lot in our seafood, our recent seafood episode because it's really quick to thaw and it's really easy to cook, really fast cooking. So like you can stir fry it and make like a shrimp scampi, which we shared a recipe for in our newsletter. Shrimp scampi is just like garlic, butter, and lemon sauce. So you don't have to toss it with pasta. You could serve it over polenta. Sometimes we just eat it with like really yummy bread and a bagged salad and everyone's happy with that. Um, You could toss shrimp with green beans and serve that over polenta. Again, throwing shrimp into soups. How else do you use frozen shrimp? Okay, so I'm going to just take one step back for a minute and say that shrimp is also really yummy with other proteins can mix nicely like and I'm not just talking surf and turf but like if you want to get Italian sausage which also cooks really easy and is pretty much just like dump in the pan and cook it up if your kids don't like shrimp but you like shrimp you want to normalize it at the table you have it because it's so quick and easy 
you could saute the shrimp and what you did with the meatballs, you how you use the sausage for meatballs. Yeah. Just like spoon it up and toss it in the pan along with the shrimp and saute them together. Your kids can pick out the sausage. You can have the shrimp. That's delicious for any kind of gumbo, for any kind of taco, for any kind of saucy preparation. I also bake shrimp with orzo because it's another Greek thing. So orzo, dill, shrimp, feta, and tomato sauce, like a really plain tomato sauce or crushed tomatoes that you flavor with a little bit of garlic powder, onion powder, and olive oil is really delicious. Also, can I say, like, give a shout out to buying popcorn shrimp or other kinds of breaded shrimp and making, like, a shrimp po'boy where you just, like, make a little, again, another little slaw and you're just, like, cooking those in the oven. That's another really great shortcut dinner. Shrimp is also really nice on salads and nice, like, chunky salads. They don't, we have a whole episode on salads where you don't need leafy greens. But, like, it goes great with tropical flavors, so chopped, like, cucumber and mango. It goes great with corn and Southwest flavors, great with Mexican flavors, Indian flavors. It's really good. (sighs) I really hope we helped inspire at least a few ideas that feel a lot less like cooking, even if we really haven't figured out our million dollar product that is going to (laughs) make it so you never have to cook again. Can we end with one suggestion that goes for like almost all of these? Yes, you have one. Well, only because you have declared it the year of the baked potato. And I feel like I did. You did. Do you remember? (laughs) You, at least for yourself. But like meatballs, shrimp, the spinach, a lot of the ideas that we threw out for that. If you just bake some potatoes at the beginning of the week or even in an instant pot or in your air fryer, whatever it's going to be, that becomes a base that goes so well with so many of these things that you can just pull out of your freezer. And it's so hearty and affordable. Oh my gosh. I love it. I want to see someone do dumplings on a baked potato. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that one doesn't work. No, but you're right. All the proteins we suggested and the spinach. A like Cajun flavored like sausage and shrimp saute over a baked potato. Yes. Okay. Sign me up for that. I take back anything I've ever said. That was such a good idea. (laughs) All right. To make sure you don't miss anything (laughs) from our genius but totally fried minds, (laughs) make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. There we share an exclusive recipe and a pick of the week every week. You can subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio if you're there. Hey, speaking of Instagram, you can find us there and on Facebook as at Didn't I Just Feed You. Keep in mind that the real Facebook fun is happening in our private listeners community. The answer to be let in is whiskey. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcast so that you don't miss an episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. You can also find Stacy and Megan on Facebook and Instagram as Didn't I Just Feed You.